This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Obviously, we're delighted with the result. It's a really tough place to come. Um, you know, we had to sustain pressure for, for periods of the game. I think we started the game very well, deservedly got in front, and at the end of the game, potentially could have had two two goals, you know, and made the uh, evening a little bit more, uh, say, more comfortable, let's say, for us bystanders in the stand. But um, we're delighted, you know, we've got a real togetherness at this football club, you know, and, and the players fought for themselves, and, and they were fantastic tonight. Well, we're really disappointed we didn't get something at the weekend, I've got to say. We think uh, on the run of play, we were at least worthy of a point. Um, so we're disappointed with that. But listen, United are an outstanding team with, with a lot of talent within their group. Um, we're just aspiring to, to challenge the likes of United. But, you know, the way the managers got this club going and pulling for each other and a real togetherness, you know, from the terraces right the way down. Um, it is absolute credit to, to David, really. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. West Ham first team coach Stuart Pearce speaking after the Hammers knocked Manchester United out of the Carabao Cup in midweek. It's me, Ross. This is On The Ball. Thanks for joining me. Uh, along with the guys, of course, Bob Holmes is here. Hello, Bob. Hi, everybody. So hearing Stuart Pierce there, Bob must have brought back the memories. Ex-Forest and uh, England legend as well. Absolutely, but uh, failure as a manager, wasn't he? But, uh, <laughs> too hard. He's, he's, you can be found, too hard. <laughs> he's found his level. He's a number two. He's a good number two. <laughs> he's a very good number two. Craig Marias also joins us. Hello, Craig. Hello, mate. Hello, boys. Looking forward to another weekend of EPL action. Yeah, should be good, should be good. Goglin is also here. What's up, Gogs? What's up, what's up, what's up? Aston Villa. Mmm, a lot to talk about. Uh, Carabao Cup is where we start. We heard Stuart Pierce uh, speak about how the Hammers exacted revenge on Man United in midweek. Craig Marais, I'm coming to you first. Lanzini scoring in the ninth minute and then United just couldn't find a way through. It was a much changed United, of course, but still, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, you still expect them to, to beat uh, West Ham. I mean, I think uh, between the sides, uh, they both made 21 changes uh, from the match, uh, which was a few days earlier on. Um, and yeah, I mean, when you look at the kind of the type of players that Man United have out on display, um, you totally expect them to win. I mean, you've got players that, that cost a lot of money, um, that are internationals, um, and they really should have uh, been putting in a better performance. I think it's it was one of those matches where, um, you know, they, they didn't get off to a great start, conceded, and then struggled to get back uh, into it. They, they had good spells, uh, had I think Mason Greenwoods was a, was a very good chance, which he really should have finished. Um, should they have had a penalty? Uh, you know, debatable. There was <laughs> contact. There's no VAR in the Carabao Cup, remember? Um, so, uh, you know, I, I just thought overall, um, I think United probably did enough uh, to, to get back into it. But whether they, they would have been deserved worthy winners of the night um, is another story. But, um, yeah, it, it's a little bit worrying because, I mean, we saw this last season. Um, under Ole, um, team not getting off to a good start, um, getting punished for it. Um, but um, the quality that United had, you know, usually bailed them out of it. Um, but, you know, it, I mean, what, 
first game in and it, you're really out of the cup, you know, it's not, it's not great. I, I've said this from the start, you know, this season uh, is a big one for Ole. He spent the money, uh, he's got the players in that he needed um, and, and he has to win a trophy. Um, and with yeah. that, I mean, I know League Cup was probably, you know, not the priority cup, but uh, you look at the competition in the EPL and how the teams around them have spent Chelsea, um, Arsenal, bigger spenders, uh, although they won't be in that that kind of bracket, uh, City, Liverpool. And, um, and then you look at the Champions League and when they lose their first game. So, I mean, there is a bit of pressure with Ole. There is a bit of pressure. Um, apologies if you can hear drilling in the background. I believe Craig's missus is doing some toilet work. <laughs> <laughs> if only. If only. Um, yeah, regards to the Carabao Cup, I was actually watching Delhi beat Hyderabad in the resumed IPL, which is great. Great TV. Anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about Chelsea, who drew with Aston Villa 1-1. It was Timo Werner who put Chelsea ahead. Young forward, young Villa forward, Cameron Archer, ensured the game uh, ended in a draw after 90 minutes. And so into penalties they went and 4-3 defeat, Reese James scoring the winner, Gogs, but uh, no shame in that loss there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the two games against Chelsea has been no shame at all. I mean, the 3-0 scoreline was a bit flattering in the, uh, the league game. But even in this Carabao Cup, they gave as good as they got. And I think um, Timo Werner helped a lot also by, you know, not scoring. <laughs> but uh, with the score, quality of score, the squad we had out there, I was I was really impressed with, especially with Archer and the rest of the gang. And, and it's 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 looking bright for Villa. I just hope that we can maintain the, this type of momentum going in. It's going to be a long season. And I think uh, alluding to what uh, Craig was saying, also if it's an important season for Ole, it's also a very important season for uh, Dean Smith. You know, how he, Villa is rebuilding after the whole Jack Grealish saga and... Everybody's saying. Do, do, do you feel? Do you feel need to win something or or what? Mid mid table safety or Europe? What what's what's the I th- aim I think this it, season? I think uh, to answer that question would be Europe to a certain extent is the thing. A cup might be just a sweetener, or right at least now, a long run. Yeah, yeah, a long run in the cup. You know, it gives the team something to build forward to the momentum to go there because again you have the top six and whatever and then you have the you know you have some you need something these days to expire too and if you're going to get too expensive the bracket to attain then what is it it's going to be a Carabao Cup run or FA Cup run right for teams like us like Villa yeah but for Chelsea Bob it's uh, well Thomas Tuchel knows all about cup runs I tell you this Chelsea squad is capable of literally winning everything they're competing in this season uh, yeah, they're pretty good. Um, this was a cracking game, by the way. I mean, for those who uh, deride the Carabao Cup as Mickey Mouse. What's your uh, verdict on Timo Werner, Bob? Uh, well, he was, he was himself, wasn't he? Um, <laughs> he? He got a goal, but he missed a sitter. If he only did. he could have got that second one, yeah. that really would have made, made his night, wouldn't it? And uh, you know, he would have given Tuchel something to think about, you know. Uh, I mean, yeah, he was his usual self, buzzing around. There were a lot of forgotten men out there all, all over the competition, actually. Ruben Loftus-Cheek was mm. back. Remember him? I mean, uh, lots, lots of players. I mean, United fielded 11 internationals. They changed the entire squad and fielded 11 internationals. And many of them were forgotten names. Yeah. So it's a competition that I think is, it's got its place. And Ollie Solskjaer will be sorry 
to have missed out on the easiest one to win. Because at the end of the day, when at the end of the season, when you look at his performance, you'll, you'll be saying, well, did, you know, quarterfinals of the Champions League, second in the league or something. But, you know, he, he won the League Cup if he'd won it. Well, he won't have that now. He won't have that trophy. It's nice to get a trophy in the bank. I mean, it's the first one. I mean, they compete for it in February. Um, and it's always more advanced than any, anything else. And it's very sorry to go out at the, uh, their first round. It's mm. the third round of the, of the competition, but it's United's first. And I think it was a, a big miss. Chelsea, I mean, yeah, they, they've gone for everything before. On a few occasions, under Mourinho, they uh, they went quite deep into uh, uh, the FA Cup and the um, Champions League. And um, again, a couple of years ago, they were on course for it. Um, there's a club that does go for everything. And although they gave people like Loftus-Cheek a run out and, and Timo Werner, uh, they always take it seriously. But yeah. I was impressed by Tuchel. He said it was a really entertaining game. Now that's rare for a manager. That is rare. Because they, <laughs> they usually go through agonies, don't they? Even when the fans <laughs> love it. You know, a manager will go through all sorts of agonies and, and it's not very entertaining. But he said it was a really entertaining game. And it was. It, it's well worth catching the, the highlights. Uh, all right. Everton are also out of the cup. They twice had to cancel out Charlie Austin headers. Against QPR, Lucas Dina and Andros Townsend, who actually is pretty red hot at the moment uh, in terms of form. Uh, not enough because the Toffees knocked out uh, on, on, in a penalty shootout, Craig Marias. That's a, a bit of a shock because Rafa Benitez's side, after going what, unbeaten in their first four Premier League matches, they've now lost two on the bounce. Yeah, um, and they fielded a, a fairly strong team. I mean, like, like you mentioned, you know, Dinia played, you know, he's the captain. And you're looking at Everton and I still don't know what to make out of them. I thought they got off to a very good start this season, um, something that we probably didn't really expect. Uh, but where do we really expect them to finish um, in the table this season? You know, I think there are a lot of better teams around them. Um, you know, Gogs mentioned Villa. I think, you know, the way they've strengthened you know, it's hard to ignore the, the kind of quality that they've brought in. Um, I, I think I think a mid-table finish, I don't think that they'll do any better than they did last season, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, they've, they've got quite a few injuries now. Richarlison's out, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin's out, and they're, they're resorting to using Solomon Rondon as their striker. <laughs> and, uh, the I mean, only forward. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it's pretty much desperate times for Rafa already, and, and we're, we're this early into the season. Um, so don't don't be expecting a lot of Everton. Um, you know, I you know they've, they've just recently let go of James Rodriguez as well. Uh, it, it's it's a club where I think right now, um, you know, we go back two seasons ago and you thought, okay, this is a club that's willing to pump in the money to to kind of break into that top six. Um, I don't think that's the case anymore. They they went, they tried, they splashed the cash, um, and it's not worked. Uh, they haven't got the right managers in. Um, and, and now it's 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 kind of uh, coming back to haunt them because uh, even with Carlo there, you know, they, they were all right. You know, they, they weren't setting the Premier League alight. Um, he did some good things there, don't get me wrong. But I don't think he was that manager to take them to the next level either. And, and likewise, I don't think Rafa is. I think Rafa is there to, to kind of steady the ship um, for a club who have to go out and buy 
players on the cheap. I mean, you look at the recruitment over the summer, Damari Gray, I think it was 1.5 million from Leverkusen. Mm. Uh, Solomon Rondon was maybe a free transfer. Or, free. Or All the trade. others were free transfers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous, you know. So, yeah, I don't think you can can expect a lot from them. But there is some quality in there. Let's not forget, you know, they, yeah. they did spend money a few seasons ago. They do have some decent plays. Decore's there. I, I, I'm a big fan of him. Um, Alan has adjusted really well uh, to the Premier League as well. So, um, yeah, but, but mid-table at best. I think a, a lot of teams around them have strengthened uh, a lot better. Um, so, yeah, I can't, I can't really expect a lot from them. Back to the drawing board for the blue half of Liverpool. Watford also find themselves out of the Carabao Cup, dumped out by Stoke City. Elsewhere, Brentford put seven past Oldham. Leeds United lead, uh, needed penalties to beat uh, Fulham. Uh, sorry, did I say Brentford beat Fulham? Brentford beat Oldham, in case I said that. <laughs> I can't remember what I said. Anyway, Norwich uh, played three at the back against Liverpool, and uh, they played better, but still lost 3-0. So uh, Burnley four, Rochdale one, uh, Jay Rodriguez with all four goals. Got one player scoring four goals for Burnley. Where's Des Corkill when you need him, eh? Sheffield <laughs> <laughs> United two, Southampton two. That's two draws for the Saints on the bounce. And that's a credit to the way Hassan Huttle's got his team set out and also his three-piece suit, I reckon. Uh, Man City 6 Wickham Wondrous 1 uh, Wednesday's games saw Brighton beat Swansea uh, Arsenal through after defeating Wimbledon Leicester City won at Millwall and Spurs needed penalties against Wolves your fourth round draw then Chelsea against Southampton Arsenal against Leeds Stoke against Brentford West Ham against Man City Leicester against Brighton Burnley against Tottenham QPR against Sunderland and Preston North End against Liverpool. Ties will be played uh, the week commencing October 25th. Into our first break we go, we come back and we start our preview for game week six. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. Mason Mount has scored a speculative hit from a fair way out. But Chelsea now, from a fair way out, have a view perhaps of something profitable. On the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Bob Holmes, Goglin, and Craig Marias joining me to look forward to game week six. And there are two massive games kicking off at the same time on Saturday. Uh, both 7.30 p.m. kickoffs. Uh, league leaders Chelsea visit, Ma- uh, or rather host, fifth place and reigning champions Manchester City at 7.30 on Saturday. Uh, Chelsea, Thomas Tuchel, Gogolin, seems to have uh, got one over Pep. In fact, I think he, he's 3-0 up over Pep Guardiola since, since joining Chelsea. Um, there's German stats for you. <laughs> I think uh, Tuchel has actually got under Pep's uh, collar because, you know, that Champions League final, he just started tinkering for no reason. And, you know, right. Oh, 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 yeah, I think he, every time he sees Tuchel, he thinks, that, yes, he needs to do a bit more extra than he's already done. And so he goes and he messes it up himself. So I really don't think Tuchel needs to do anything <laughs> just to show up, you know, against uh, City. But uh, they've started well. They're playing well. Uh, they've got a, a Lukaku's firing on form. The whole team is firing on form. 
So I, this is going to be a really a test of uh, City's uh, credentials, especially against how they laboured against Southampton the other day with all the, the players on. It's it's going to be a really good. But I think Chelsea is going to come out on top on this one. City have the joint best defence so far after five matches in the league, but Romelu Lukaku is going to prove a handful. Bob, do you reckon? Well, actually, not do you reckon. How much do you think Pep will overthink this one? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, he probably won't have a full, full squad to pick from. And this might even uh, do him a favour. Uh, I think if he had a full squad, he, he does tend to, uh, to tinker and overthink. But because he, he's got some key men injured, um, he may simplify things and just pick the best available team and let them get on with it. And actually, I think City could uh, bring uh, pull a bit of a surprise here. I think Chelsea are favourites to win this and they are, as they are to win the title. Slight favourites, but favourites nevertheless. Uh, it's partly because uh, City didn't sign Harry Kane or didn't sign a striker at all. And you don't know whether this is a significant uh, failing or not yet. We were thinking it was um, because uh, they only signed Jack Grealish, another midfielder. But then they scored 17 goals in four games. And we, <laughs> we, were, we were saying, nah, they don't need one anyway. But then you get um, uh, them last week uh, failing to score. And uh, you're thinking, well, maybe they could use a striker. Well, Chelsea have one, of course, one of the best in the world. And there's the big difference. But I, th I think City's midfield, I think with De Bruyne coming back, I mean, he's been missing. Phil Foden is only just coming back. He's, they've had a couple of runouts, and I think they should be 100% fit for this. And Chelsea's much vaunted defence, it's a little bit ancient, you know. I mean, Thiago Silva has been brilliant, you know, an inspirational figure and all that, but he is pushing 37. And uh, alongside him, he's got Rudiger, who's also uh, getting on a bit. And uh, they've not really been tested. And I think City, with their quick, uh, quick silver forwards, the, the Sterlings, the, the Fodens, the, uh, the Mahrez's, Jesus. Uh, Jesus, yeah, I mean, you know, you lose track of them. I, I think they could pull it off, you know, and, and make us all reassess Chelsea. I think that's what it needs. Chelsea's defence has got away with it a lot because they're very well organised and they've got a very good keeper behind them. But he's doubtful. Mendy, he's, he's injured and he, uh, he is actually doubtful. It could be Kepa that's in goal. And there's a big difference in quality there. Yeah, uh, Mendy has a hip issue, so he is a doubt. Uh, apart from that, um, Chelsea don't really have any more problems. Uh, Pep, though, uh, will probably be missing Laporte, John Stones, uh, Mendy suspended by the club, of course, uh, for matters outside football. Uh, but as, as, as Bob alluded to... Maybe Gundogan as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah Gundogan's in, injured as well. Exactly. He's, he's massive in that midfield. Um, doubts over Rodri, Zinchenko. So, but, but Bob did mention Foden is, is coming back to some sort of fitness. And the thing is, Kevin De Bruyne looks fully fit. Craig, which way are you leaning for this one? Chelsea against Man City. 
Um, I'm with Bob on this, actually. Um, I, I can see an upset here. Um, I agree that defence can be got at, and, and they haven't really had, um, you know, I mean, they're well-organised, like Bob said. But, I mean, I think, you know, City attacking, uh, if De Bruyne plays, if Foden plays, um, if you get Sterling in there, Jack Grealish, you know, they can make things happen and really ask questions on that Chelsea defence. Um, uh, with everything that Bob said, I, I've been saying for, for a while, you know, I think they're organised, but... You know, Thiago Silva's getting on a bit. Rudiger, I, I know he's come. He, he's had a great start to the season, but he's, I mean, he's not fantastic, uh, in my opinion. You know, I think he's a he's a decent defender. He's 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 good. He's you know strong. He's he's quick, but you know he he's not reliable enough uh, for me. Um, and then you've got Christensen there, who has his up and down moments. You know, it's it's not a very very secure uh, backline. Um, so, so I, I just feel uh, I think Aspilicueta will, will probably start as well. So, so I mean, if if you Raheem Sterling or Jack Grealish, you really fancy your chances there. Um, yeah, I, I just think they they can be got at, and uh, I'm going for the City win. You, yeah. Hence the the gossips always Tuchel looking around for for centre backs. I think he's after the league now. <laughs> Juve is the latest centre twenty million, wasn't it? Yeah, the latest centre back <laughs> linked to Chelsea. Um, here's a stat you probably go, oh yeah. Uh, Man City's Jack Grealish has been pressured or closed down by opponents with the ball more than any other player in the Premier League this season. He's been shut down a hundred and ninety-five times so far this season. So there you go. Chelsea against Man City is 7.30pm kickoff. Also kicking off at the same time is Manchester United against Aston Villa. This has been moved from a 10pm kickoff to a 7.30pm kickoff because there is a concert going on at the Old Trafford Cricket Ground in the evening. And Manchester police are just a bit worried about the traffic and stuff. In case you're wondering what concert, it's a band called The Courtineers. Well, all right. I mean, I don't think they have that many fans. I don't know. <laughs> Man United against Aston Villa. Gogs coming to you first. Villa make their short journey from the Midlands up. And it's been, it's been mixed so far. Five outings, two wins, two draws. Uh, sorry, one draw, two losses. Um, okay, there's a, a Jack Grealish hole. We're, 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 it's going to run all season. That Filling that hole. We've already said Villa have bought well. This is the type of game now, this season, that you want to be testing your side against, right? Coming away with something. Agreed, agreed. I, this is one of the games where you need to be testing yourself against uh, Rampart United or in the league right now with uh, firing all cylinders. But uh, I think uh, even if we don't come away from anything, it's the performance that we are looking at. I know the, the last season we were very, very disappointed with how the way Dean Sweet didn't want to change formations while in-game tactics and all that. This season he's doing that. He goes from a 3-4-3, three, three, he goes, you know, he keeps changing it around. So it, there is fluidity, there's flexibility, which is more important than anything else. And he's prepared to use the subs bench. Well, whereas last season he was he they didn't even touch it until like the 85th minute. So these are positives that I bring forward. But I think it's a bit uh, test too much to get anything away from uh, Old Trafford this weekend. But uh, I think I can only hope for Ole to mess it up because that's the only thing I can think of right now for his tactics. Yeah, sadly, Villa will be missing Leon Bailey, who's who's performed really well. The, yeah, the signing I mean, from I, I German don't know what's football. up with the injuries, though. The injuries uh, are apparently it's a thigh issues. Uh, after he got it after he scored, so yeah, <laughs> and and he he came I on think and when just... he hit that volley when he exactly. scored, right? um, the, the way he hit that, yeah, yeah. 
He came on and blitzed the game and then just went back off injured again. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what an introduction. Um, Villa last week, uh, of course, beat Everton 3 0, um, thanks to their Polish right back, Matty Cash. And, and the, <laughs> the aforementioned, the aforementioned <laughs> Leon Bailey. But Man United, uh, I mean, what with 11 changes, Bob, going on uh, in the Carabao Cup, you'd expect the Cristiano Ronaldo circus to return. We, we saw last week, maybe, maybe Ronaldo was denied two penalties last weekend, uh, it, it, you know, with hindsight and all that. Does being a name as big as Ronaldo kind of put referees off or, or make them think differently, do you think? Uh, yes, I think it can. Uh, I'm not so sure that they were penalties uh, last week. One of I think them was, was, come on, uh, that's sliding. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> Rio Ferdinand definitely came out and said that the, it, it, the referee is, uh, you know, just doesn't want to be seen to be giving Ronaldo anything, you see. Um, well, it's Mike Dean this weekend, so he, he loves Ronaldo yeah, well, as he, well, doesn't he? He he's a bit of a prima donna, isn't he? If <laughs> if any referee uh, is going to act, uh, you know, outside of the rules for effect, it's going to be Mike Dean. I'm not I'm not saying he's a cheat or anything like that, but he's a little bit of a show off, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, so we we can expect we can expect some entertainment there on the side, I think. Um, well, Ronaldo's had had a good rest. Um, wasn't involved in in midweek. Um, did they miss him? Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess they did. I mean, uh, certainly, if he'd been on the bench, he would have come on, wouldn't he? And yeah. probably got a goal, a tap in in the ninetieth minute or something. But uh, among the forgotten men at United, I'm I'm including Jadon Sancho. Now I know he, you know, he played, he got given uh, a run midweek. out in midweek as well, he didn't got, he? Yes. But he's hardly been mentioned. I mean, he was the main signing of the summer, the £72 million player, the long-awaited right winger. Everything was going to go through him. And then suddenly the Ronaldo transfer happens and Sancho is like forgotten. I mean, he did play a couple of times in the same side as Ronaldo, but he hardly touched the ball and he was left. He didn't know his role. That It wasn't clear where he was supposed to be playing or what he was supposed to do. And this is really disastrous for a new player coming into the side. I mean, even Dan James did better when he was signed. Remember, he got off to a flying start and we thought, oh, well, they've solved the right wing problem. But Sancho... With all his quality, he's not made any impact, and I, I feel sorry for him. I think he's, he's been the guy, he's been the loser in this deal so far. Mm. And I think it's up to Solskjaer to find the role for him with Ronaldo in the side, obviously. Not an easy thing to do because you've got Mason Greenwood looking very lively this season. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. way he came on, he changed the game, didn't he, in, yeah. in midweek. Um, didn't change the result, but he you know, he made a, a good impact. So it's, it's a problem for Ollie, a problem he didn't expect to have. He'd been planning all summer to, to have Sancho there and not Ronaldo. Now he's got, he's like a surfeit of riches and he doesn't know what to do. And I think it's hampering United. I don't know what you think as a United fan, but I think you need to sort that out. You've got a 72 million pound player there who's being wasted. 
All right. Um, team news, Edinson Cavani, uh, I believe is, is injured. He wasn't involved in midweek, so uh, whether or not he'll, he'll take part this weekend, we don't know. XL Twanzebi won't be available uh, on loan to Villa from United. Leon Bailey, we mentioned, is probably uh, going to be missing. Uh, Ashley Young played the full game against Chelsea in midweek, so can those old legs run out again against United? H- how do you see... Th- Bob's raised a massive valid point there about Jaden Sancho, Craig. Um, yeah, you've got to get him firing. I mean, if, if you if you want a challenge, he's got to fire, right? Yeah, definitely. And, and good points raised there by, by Bob. Um, what I will say is that um, when, he came, when he got to United, he had a bit of an injury. Uh, he's been played a lot on the left wing, uh, which is where, uh, you know... I, I mean, he's played there a couple of times for Dortmund, but he's predominantly a right winger. Um, and the form of Mason Greenwood, um, as, as Bob mentioned, um, has, has affected that because, um, you know, I think Mason Greenwood's got off to, to an absolute fly. He started out up front, uh, but when he has played on the wing, you know, it's been on the right and, and, and Sancho on the left. And it's not, it's not really his favourite position. Saying that, you know, I, I think his performances should be a lot better than they have been. Uh, there's no two ways about that whether it's that adjustment to the Premier League. I mean, let's, let's bear in mind that he's never played in the Premier League before. He's an English boy. Uh, he, he was at City, uh, Watford first, then City. He's never played in the Premier League before. And it's a step up uh, regardless. So, um, you know, I think it's it's one of those where, you know, you're just going to give him that time to, to kind of develop into it. Once Rashford comes back, if he goes out on the left, Sancho on the right, um, you know, it, it could make things a lot easier for him. But, we haven't seen him in his favourite role. We haven't seen him on that right wing. And that's that's down to, to the form of Mason Greenwood to a certain extent. All right. It's a 7.30pm kickoff. Manchester United against Aston Villa. We're off for another break. Stick around. Back soon. Bruno with poise, with time and with the finish. On the ball on BFM 89.9. On the ball on BFM 89.9. And we are back. Bob Holmes, Craig Marias and Goglin joining me to look forward to game week six. Uh, do follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. We've got uh, fantasy football tips every now and again on our Facebook page, BFM Football. That's thanks to the Banger Committee. And also, if you take part in our fantasy league this season, the BFM Fantasy League this season is brought to you by my dash soccer.com go and visit them to buy your number seven cristiano ronaldo united top i say uh leeds united <laughs> leeds united in 17th against west ham in eighth is my tip for the game of the weekend i'm telling well, uh, now I, I put that out there it's going to be a nil nil bob holmes but you, <laughs> you see where i'm coming from i think this one could be a cracker yeah, I do. I do. I, I agree, actually. I agree. Any Leeds game is potentially the game of the weekend, isn't it? But they could do with a win. Uh, there they are. They're almost bottom, aren't they? There's only Norwich and Burnley below them. I, are you surprised um, they haven't won yet? Uh, a little bit. I'm not worried about it. Um, I mean, I don't think Leeds fans should be worried about it. Uh, I mean, they're too good. I'm going to say the uh, the words you should never say, too good to go down. Um, they are way too good to 
to go down. This is, uh, this is early doors. Um, and I think that if they win this, they're likely to be about halfway up the table. I mean, it's, it's, it's like that at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. But I think for their own confidence, um, they could do with winning anything. And West Ham come along in form, as we, as we have seen, um, really uh, quite hot at the moment, in fact. And they've shown they've got some depth as well uh, by their performance in midweek. It's not just uh, 11 players. They're doing it without Antonio who we thought was going to, uh, they're going to miss very badly, but they seem to be coping. Um, and uh, on form, you would say West Ham, West Ham should win this. But Leeds, I think they're due a good performance, aren't they? I think they, um, they've, they haven't changed the side that much from last season. It's only a couple of additions. And Dan James, um, the aforementioned Dan James, um, who is uh, a favourite of Bielsa's. He tried to sign him a couple of years ago, didn't he? And he's uh, paid uh, quite big bucks for him, nearly 30 million. Um, so we can expect him to get a, uh, a preferential treatment, I think. Although they do have wingers, they have Jack Harrison. They just signed him on a permanent basis on the other side. And they, they've got uh, Rafina, who really is great at cutting he's, in from he's the their right. diamond isn't he yeah so again there's a bit of a problem as to where you where you play um everybody um but uh bamford has not quite clicked yet this season um i, th I think bielsa will sort this out if anybody can it's it's bielsa so this could be a really really good game i reckon um could be a high scoring draw actually well, Bielsa revealed in his Thursday pre-match, as he often does, that Diego Lorente, uh, Robin, Robin Koch and Patrick Bamford will all not be available. Pascal Stroik is still suspended. So we could see Dan James and Rafinha manning the wings and Rodrigo up front. This is a match, Gogs, that's going to oh. pair England's double midfield summer pivot of uh, Calvin... Phillips and, and Declan Rice head-to-head -head against each other. Um, which way are you leaning? Do you, I mean, Mikel Antonio returns this weekend to lead the line for West Ham. That's massive, isn't it? It is, it is. I mean, I think every every fantasy football manager out there also. But going back to the game, it's uh, I think Leeds are still struggling. And I think somebody in this show or another show I was reading more are saying... People have found out about Leeds playing style and they're going at the and that pace that they the whole style of football they are playing, it hasn't changed much since they came up. So either the players are knackered or the, the system has been found out. So which is it? Because even against Newcastle, we spoke about that game and really expected a bit more from Leeds at that game. And you know, it was a it was a one-one, right? That game. And they didn't really they really fail to spark. And like you said, maybe Biesla has been found out. And what's his plan B? Is there a plan B? Mm -hmm. But yeah. I, I would go with uh, West Ham right now, and they really showed. Against United, I know uh, they lost that game, but you know they they went toe to toe with United in that game, and they're on the up. So form always counts right now, and uh, true to form, West Ham are the team. And and as as Bob alluded to, West Ham's strength this season, they'll bring back Declan Rice, Thomas Suchek, <laughs> Pablo Fornells, and Side Ben Rama into the starting eleven this weekend. That, I mean, they're all good players. Exactly. All right, that one. Yeah, man. Uh, that one is a 10 p.m. kickoff. Leeds in 17th against West Ham in 8th. Let's look at Leicester City this season. Currently 12th. They take on Burnley, who are in actually a terrible state themselves. Burnley in 18th. 
This is also Saturday, 10 p.m. Leicester this season, Craig Marias, under Brendan Rodgers. I mean, they, they beat Millwall 2-0 on, on Wednesday. Uh, that's going to do the confidence a lot of good. And, and you, you, you get the feeling that's, that's all that's missing with this Leicester side. They, they're good players. They just need a run of wins, don't they? Yeah, they need a confidence booster. Uh, they, there's no doubt about that. Um, I think it's a tough one with, with Leicester because they've, they've set the bar so high for their own standards um, over the last few years. You know, um, and we could go on about winning the title, but then there was the FA Cup and, and what they've done under Rodgers as well. You know, I mean, you, I spoke about Everton earlier and, and trying to break into that top six. That's what Leicester have done. You know they've, they've they've come in there they've they've broken into it and um, they're, they're causing the the big teams a lot of problems. You know they're they're here to stay. They've got a fantastic owner, um, but this season you know it hasn't started as well as uh, the players and the management would have liked. And do we kind of expect that that kind of that dip somewhere along the line? I think so. Uh, I think it's very hard to kind of maintain those those kind of standards. There has been a few ins and outs. They had a torrid time with injuries for the back line as well. Um, at the start of the season. Uh, let's not forget, you know, Amate uh, was coming in. You know, they signed Vestergaard at the very last minute. Johnny yeah. Evans has been, um, you know, w- was injured. So Yunchu's had a torrid run of form. Yeah. Um, absolutely <laughs> awful. And I think if if uh, Rogers could, you know, he would have dropped him. Um, so so there, there have been a few issues uh, within that Leicester side. Um, will they come out of it? I think so. Um, I, I think... You know, Bob said too good to go down just now. I, I think Leicester are too good um, to not start winning games. Um, and uh, and I think that they will get off, um, they, they'll get their season going uh, this weekend. Um, Adamola, Lukman and Kelechi Iniacho both pushing for starts. They they both found the back of the net against Millwall. Uh, uh, Iniacho. looked looked really good. Uh, for Burnley, uh, I, I, I don't know. What can you say? Uh, Sean Dyche was given a four-year extension what last weekend. Maxwell Cornet, who he brought in uh, in the summer, looks uh, a decent winger. And, and I guess you can add to that Jay Rodriguez banging in four Bob Holmes. Those are the three pluses you've got there for this Burnley side this season. <laughs> yeah, uh, I... Um... I think it's significant that uh, Sean Dyche has stayed, uh, committed himself to four years, four more years. He's already the longest serving manager, I think. Do you feel feel it's waning there? I mean, what Burnley are doing, what Dyche is doing, four more years, really? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a political party, doesn't it? Four more years. Look what Uh, you've done to the NHS. well, he's been a great success. Who would have thought that Burnley would have been in the uh, in the top flight for almost all of his time there? Played I mean, in Europe as well, right, they, under his yeah. watch? Well, Aberdeen, wasn't it? Um, they, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was sod's law, wasn't it, for them? I mean, you know, you wait a lifetime to get to get into Europe and you get drawn against Aberdeen in the first round, you get knocked out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's Burnley's luck, isn't it? But uh, no, it shows stability. I mean, they've got do, new do Burnley fall in your too good to go down category, Bob? No, no, no they, don't. <laughs> they don't. They they're candidates. They're definite. They're candidates every year, aren't they? I mean, th- this is a backhanded compliment to Sean Dyche. I mean, yeah. everybody knows that. Burnley fans know that. 
but he's somehow kept them up with very little money. They're the, um, they're, they've got the lowest wage bill in the, uh, in the top flight, except for Norwich, I think. They're pretty skinflint, aren't they, Norwich? Uh, but they've only just come back up. But Burnley, yeah, they don't pay much. They don't sign that many players. Um, they only have one or two youngsters coming through. And yet they, they seem to survive and they're awkward customers. I know Des doesn't like them, but you know, you've got to hand them. You've got to give credit where it's due. And they'll put up a fight. They're, they're certainly not going to be, um, you know, shoe-ins for relegation, nowhere near. I mean, season hasn't started um, that well, but they'll be boosted by that midweek win. I know it was against championship uh, opposition, but um, it uh, a win's a win and all that. And you've got a guy who scores four goals. So, there are positives there, and I think they could actually give Leicester something to think about in this. Mm. I, I re, with Leicester's very iffy form and all their injuries, I actually fancy Burnley to get something here. Okay, it's a 10 p.m. kickoff. Burnley in 12th against uh, uh, sorry, uh, Leicester in 12th against Burnley in 18th. Final break. Back right after this. You have to have real confidence to deceive the goalkeeper like that. This is completely, completely fools Edison, who's just not expecting Vardy to go with that kind of cheek. On the ball on BFM 89.9. Tony's there! On the mark for Brentford, as he so often has been. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. And here we are, Craig, Bob and Goglin looking forward to Brentford against Liverpool. If if I bookmarked Leeds United and West Ham as one of my games to watch this weekend, I think Brentford and Liverpool would come a very close second. Um, Brentford, Gogolin have been a surprise. Uh, they've been the best of all the promoted sides so far. Ivan Tony and Brian Mbremo, uh, they don't have very many shots. As, as a strike pair, they, they're probably down there as one of the lowest, but they look like they've got something this pair, don't they? Yes, I think um, the Brentford are, like you said, one of the best right now of the promoted sides and also very pleasing in the eye to watch. I mean, they're playing really good football on the front foot. And I think Tony has got to start that England conversation very soon enough. So it's all been looking good for Brentford. And you're right. This is one of the ties. I would I would actually prefer this tie over the Leeds game because Brentford are, will really be up for it with nothing to lose. And Liverpool, you know, are still, still gelling, you know, with the pressure. And uh, this is Brentford's at home, right? So, yeah. Yeah. At their new well, community I'll... stadium. Yeah. And yeah. the fans will be back. I, I, I know. Well, this is, a, this is a real test, Craig, this one for Brentford, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, they started the season very well against Arsenal. Um, and, and then it's... Villa, they Villa. played good stuff. They played... Against really Villa, yeah. Opening game was Villa. No, Arsenal. They beat Arsenal. Sorry, Craig, carry on. Sorry, mate. No, I'll just uh, mute Gogolin. Yeah, got off to a great start um, at home against Arsenal, you know, and and you know everyone was warning that they they could be a team to watch out for, and and the progress that they've made over the last few years, you know, has been really good, even from from us. I mean, we follow the Premier League so uh, religiously, but we've always heard of these noises coming out from Brentford, and and you know they're a good footballing side, and and you know with the whole money ball system that they got going on, um, so so it was really good to see that when they got promoted, you know, see how they'll fare in the in the Premier. 
Premier League. And I think, um, you know, they got off to a flyer, as we say. Uh, but then they've gone on to play very well in the subsequent games after that. And um, and I think that's a sign of a good team. I mean, but we've, we've been there before. We've seen this before. We've seen Sheffield United do do the same thing, have a great first yeah, season true, and true. just absolutely capitulate in, in the second. Um, and that's the danger for, for Brentford this, this season. I mean, they, they, they host Liverpool. Um, do we expect them to win? No, we don't. But what we what we anticipate is a very good footballing game. You know, you've got two managers who love to play. Brentford aren't going to sit back. They're going to have a go. Um, and, and Klopp is never one to sit back anyway. So um, it'll be very interesting to see how uh, the, these two styles uh, kind of come at each other. Obviously, with the quality that Liverpool have, they, they go into it as massive favourites against a recently promoted side. Um, but you know, I, I think as like like Gog said, you know, Ivan Tony, you know, he's he's not been a, a prolific goal scorer so far in the Premier League, but he puts himself about. He's a nuisance uh, for, for centre backs, and I think that battle that he'll have with uh, Van Dijk uh, will, will be a very interesting one. Uh, and Bueno, who plays alongside him, is is a silky footballer. He's got a wicked left foot, um, and he's been unlucky. He's, he's got a, he's got a goal this season, but he's he's, he's been unlucky. Uh, many times, you know, I think he's he's ready to explode. I, I like him, you know, he just floats in and around uh, Tony, uh, picks up, you know, whatever scraps he can, but he's got a beautiful left foot. So um, I, li- I like the balance of this Brentford side. It's really good. Um, but, you know, I think they, they're going to more than meet their match this weekend um, against Liverpool. I, ca- I can't see anything other than Liverpool win. Yeah, no disrespect to 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 Brentford, but uh, Ivan Tony looks destined for a, a bigger club because he's got bits of everything. He looks like he's got skill, he's got pace, he can head the ball. He used to be at Newcastle. By the way. He used to be at Newcastle. So yeah, Steve Bruce kicking there. himself right now. <laughs> uh, for for uh, well, uh, for Shandon Baptiste is back after serving a one match ban, so he'll slip back into that midfield. Liverpool will be missing Thiago, uh, calf injury. Uh, last weekend's 3-0 win over Crystal Palace. I, I, I know, Bob, you, you said Liverpool maybe have lagged behind by not signing. But for me, this is a big red machine that's starting to click again because you saw in that 3-0 win over Palace, that was, that was a changed Liverpool side. That was Klopp showing off the strength and depth. And wow, they pulled it off. And then some. Yeah. Um, but they keep getting these injuries, don't they? Um, Tiago now. It's um, unfortunate the timing of the injuries. Just as he's, you know, this is supposed to be his season after. He wasn't that great last season, plagued by injury. And just as he's starting to show a bit, he goes and gets injured again. And I I just hope it's not going to be another Nabi Keita uh, situation where, you know, Pre-seasons, great, great promise and all that. And then injury after injury after injury. And you never see the best of him. Um, he's injured again. He's a doubt. So there, there we go. It's unfortunate. They, Liverpool seem to get these injuries all, all in the same position. That's what makes it such a big deal. Overall, you know, they, they probably don't get any more injuries than anybody else. But when they do, they all, it's the same position, which causes a problem. So now you've got midfielders a bit of a worry. If both Cater and um, uh, Thiago are out at the same time, um, that puts the, you know, who do you play there? You've got Elliot already out long term, another yeah. midfielder. 
you see. Uh, on the bright, uh, brighter news, it was Curtis Jones. Uh, midweek. Well, C- Curtis Jones, but e- even going back uh, even younger age. Mina Mino. Cade Gordon. Oh, uh, Cade, Cade Gordon. Gordon. Yeah. 16. Now, he's a bit special. We saw him at um, Norwich, and he looked pretty tasty, didn't he? he yeah. They've got great hopes of him. I mean, that's um, he's two years younger than Elliot, so they've got a bit of a production <laughs> line there. I don't think we'll see him on uh, on Saturday, Sunday, whenever it is. But, uh, you know, there's somebody in the pipeline there. So they, they do find them. Uh, so, yeah, I, my concern is actually up front because I think I, I really think they could be looking at Tony and seeing how he copes against Van Dyke. If he gives Van Dyke a good workout you could you could see van dyke going to klopp and saying we could do with him you know yeah. that's how, that's how that's how transfers are made sometimes yeah. Yeah. they need a guy like that i reckon and brentford are a selling club i mean at the moment before he's really proved himself they won't be asking silly money for him yeah you could probably but they'll make a tidy for, profit still yeah they, they, they could they could probably pick somebody like him up for 30, 30 or 40 million. They've probably got another two uh, he, Ivan Tonys in the locker, Bob. Yeah, exactly. That's how yeah. they do it. Yeah. But the, the way they've started, I think they've got a fighting chance of staying up this season, Brentford. All right. This will be the first league meeting between Brentford and Liverpool since May 1947. Back then, it was a 1-1 draw at Griffin Park and the Bees were relegated. Liverpool won the title. It is a half past midnight kickoff Sunday. Brentford against Liverpool is ninth versus second. Now, the game of the weekend, because the TV scheduling tells us so, is <laughs> Sunday at 11.30 p.m. It is the North London derby. Arsenal in 13th against Tottenham in 7th. Uh, Contrasting forms, Gogolin, for both sides. Spurs started with three wins, three 1-0 wins. Now they've got two losses. Arsenal started with three losses, and then they've had two 1-0 wins. So which way is this one going to go? Yeah, Spurs won the league uh, last year in October. This year they won it a bit early in August. So, so you know, <laughs> so it's <laughs> true to form. <laughs> true to form, Spurs are finding their feet under the new manager. So I really expect uh, Harry Kane completely looks out of sorts ever since his uh, transfer saga. So he's you know his touches. Uh, he's playing in a different position now, also very deep, and so I don't think that's actually his preferred position. But uh, it's all critical on whether Son's back. If Son's playing in full form, but this will be the North London derby. Uh, that those days were interesting, but these days I think Arsenal are going to just going to scratch this one. With yeah, the form I, they have right now. So, Son and Kane need to rekindle. I don't know. Go out for a pizza with, with a glass of rosé or a bottle of rosé or something. But they need to get it going. For Arsenal, Craig, you got to say that Martin Odegaard, the introduction of him. Seems to seems to work. I mean, obviously he's been there on loan before, but they look better with with Odegaard now. Saka has stepped up. Smith Rowe, we know, has got potential in him. So suddenly you're looking at the Gunners in a different light now, aren't you? Uh, yeah, but if you remember, go back to uh, the first show that we did this season. I, I said that they'd have a good season. Yes, it was a tricky start for them, uh, but you know I was confident after they get over the the first three games, you know, that they they'd kind of come together and. Um, I, I don't think we've seen the, the, the real Arsenal just yet. Um, I think there's a lot more to come from them. 
but it's exciting. You know, you talk about Odegaard and, and the young players that they got, you know, they're Arsenal born and bred, you know, yeah. Saka and Smith Rowe, you yeah. know, I mean, that's exactly what you want. Add um, Ober in there, add uh, Pepe, um, Martinelli, you know, they've got some good, good, good players to, to come. And it's, it's an exciting squad. The problem that I have is, is uh, Arteta. Um, I don't think he knows his strongest 11 yet. I don't think he knows his preferred formation yet. Um, and, and I think that creates some sort of uncertainty. I mean, yeah, they, I think they had 20 over shots against, uh, I think it was Norwich and, you know, they got the one goal. Um, I, I think that there's a lot more uh, around the coaching and, and, and the selection um, that the players need to have a bit of confidence with. Um, he's recently changed the goalkeeper up. Um, so Ramsdale's getting a look and he, it looks like he's the number one for now. He does look better, um, actually. Uh, yeah, uh, Ben White, you've got to give him some credit. You know, yeah. after that first game, after being bullied by Ivan Tony, you know, he's, he's kind of come back. He's, he's found his feet. Uh, I think he had a bit of uh, a spell out with COVID as well. Um, but it's a, it's a decent Arsenal side, you know, um, and they're only going to get better as, as the as the season goes on, I feel. Uh, but Arteta really needs to count down on his, on his 11 and his preferred formation. You know, they flirted with three at the back before. Um, you know, they, they've done the four. Um he just needs to get that sorted uh, just to give the, the players a little bit of confidence when they're going into games. Um, as for the North London derby, um, <laughs> it, it's a weird one. You know, Spurs got off to an absolute flyer and Arsenal were the other, the other end of the table. Uh, uh, but as we're approaching this one, you know, I think that the, the tables have turned and the, the roles are somewhat reversed. Um, I'm going to go with an Arsenal win here. All right. Uh, last quick word from Bob Holmes. Will North London be red or white, Bob Holmes? I think it'll be red. You know, um, if Arsenal win, they'll be level on points with Spurs. It was only three weeks ago when yeah. Spurs were, were photostatting the table and having it framed, wasn't it? They were top <laughs> and Arsenal <laughs> the bottom. Hasn't taken long. Hasn't taken long. All right. North London well, derby. No, 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 nobody photostats anymore, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like when I said, I'll message you. Somebody went, well, what's, what's a message? It's <laughs> all right, you know my age. <laughs> the North London Derby is Sunday at 11.30pm. That's all the time we have. Hope you've enjoyed it. Of course, more football over the weekend. We'll talk about those on Monday. For now, I've got to say thanks to Craig Marias. Thank you very much. What a weekend of football we had. And aside from football, don't forget the Anthony Joshua fight. Oh, yeah. Which yeah, is happening yeah. at Spurs Stadium. <laughs> oh, that, that'll be the most fight at the Tottenham Stadium all season, eh, Bob? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, thanks. Yeah. Have a good weekend. And thank you, Gogolin. Cheers, boys. Have a good one. Cheers. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great weekend. Bye now. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On The Ball next Friday on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.